0: My name's John Redmond at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing, and I pray that today's program will be a real blessing to you. I was reading recently in my Bible in Luke chapter 2, and I came across a story about a man named Simeon. Now, you might not be familiar with Simeon, or maybe you are, but there are only 11 verses in all of the Bible that are devoted to this man. And it's only in Luke's gospel Luke tells us about a man named Simeon who was a just man, he was devout, he was very sincere. And God had made a promise to Simeon That he would not die until he had seen uh, the Lord's Christ until he had seen Jesus so Simeon knew that he would live until till his eyes had seen the Messiah well time went by we're not sure how much time but some time went by probably a significant amount of time went by and one day Simeon was going into the temple there in Jerusalem to serve the Lord and he just happened to cross paths with Mary and Joseph as they were bringing baby Jesus into the temple to dedicate him to God. Jesus at this time was 40 days old. And so, as was customary for Jewish parents, that's what they would do with their, uh, with their son. They would bring him into the temple at that time and dedicate him to the lord and so simeon got to see jesus in fact the bible says that when he saw the messiah he took him into his into his arms and he looked at him and he said to the lord he said lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation and so i got thinking about simeon and what that must have been like for him to have waited that long and then finally to have have seen Jesus with his own eyes, and I remember one day I was home, and I just started reading those 11 verses, and I just started writing out some lessons that we can learn from Simeon. In fact, the sermon that you're going to hear today is part of a sermon that I preached to our church here in Pasadena sometime back, and originally I had called this sermon Lessons from Simeon, and I had three lessons. And last week on our program, we heard the first of those lessons, and that is simply this. God honors those who are serious about spiritual things. And he really does. Simeon was very serious about the things of God. And as a result of that, God honored him in a very special way. He honored him, first of all, by speaking to him. It was the Holy Spirit who had revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. Not only does God honor us by speaking to us, but God honors us by directing our steps. I love that verse in the Old Testament, Psalm 37, 23, that says the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. Again, God caused Simeon to be walking into that temple in Jerusalem at the exact time that Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus in for his dedication. God just directed his steps and caused this encounter with Jesus. And then God honors those who are serious about spiritual things by giving us more than we could ever have imagined. The Holy Spirit had promised to Simeon, you will not die until you have seen uh, the Christ. Well, not only did Simeon see Jesus, he actually held Jesus in his arms. And that says to me that God always does exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ever ask or think. So when we wait on God and seek to honor God, God always honors us. I love a verse in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse number 30, where the scripture says, where in fact God was speaking and God said, those who honor me... I will honor. And so today, I want to encourage you to honor the Lord with your life as best as you absolutely can. And as you do that, He's going to honor you. Now, in today's program, we're going to pick up there. That's where we left off last time. And we're going to think about the other two lessons that we learned from Simeon. And I pray this program will be a real blessing and encouragement to you today. Thanks again for listening. When God does whatever it is God's going to do in your particular case, it's going to be better than you would have ever dreamed. What does it say in Ephesians 3.20 about God? It says He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so just like in Simeon's case, God went over the top. God will go over the top in your case when it is right and when the time is right. Now... You still listen to that? Say amen. I want to make sure you're still with me. That's just the first lesson. Now, let's just think about what we've learned so far. God honors those who are serious about spiritual things by speaking to them, by directing their steps, and by doing more than they could ever imagine. Now, what I've just said so far is making it worth coming to church for this morning. Because you just think, of that, think, man, God, if I will honor you and put you first in my life, you're going to do these things for me. You're going to speak to me, direct my steps, and you're going to do more than I could ever have imagined. But Simeon has more to teach us than just that. The second lesson is simply this. Good things come to those who faithfully wait. Now, we all often hear it said, good things come to those who wait. Well, that's true. But biblically speaking, it's even more true to say good things come to those who faithfully wait. I mean, let's face it. If you are praying for God to do something and He hasn't done it yet, you have to wait. I mean, you don't have any choice but to wait. So just to say I'm waiting is not necessarily uh, a credit to you or would be a credit to me either, but to faithfully wait and to faithfully serve God. Now, it's interesting in Simeon's case, we don't know how long he had been waiting Most people assume that Simeon was an old man because he said, you know, now I can die because I've seen Jesus. And maybe he was old. In fact, tradition says he was 113 years old. We really don't know how old he was. But we assume that he had been waiting on this promise to be fulfilled for quite a while. But what I want you to see is he wasn't just Waiting, sitting back on his hands with, you know, with his arms folded even and just, just waiting. You know, God made me a prompt? No. Where was Simeon when we read about him? He was in the temple. What was he doing in the temple? He was serving God. He was faithfully waiting. You see, waiting on God is not a passive thing. It's not you just sit back and wait on... No, waiting on God is an active thing. It's something you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be serving. In the Bible, when we read about those who wait on the Lord to renew their strength, it includes the idea of serving God. Hey, when you go to a restaurant and the person is serving your table, what do we call that person? A waiter, right? Well, you hope they're not passive. I mean, you hope they're active and aggressive in bringing you out the food because that's a good server, that's a good waiter, or that's somebody good to work at a restaurant. What's well, the same with God? And so what I would say today, if you're waiting on God in some way to do something in your life, don't just sit back and do nothing. And don't just sit home every day and just read your Bible or just pray. Serve God. Maybe start visiting hospitals. Maybe start visiting nursing homes. Maybe start working in our children's ministry or some area here in the church where we need volunteers. When you're waiting on God, serve God and be active and do what you can to help other people. And that's all involved in faithfully waiting on God. And then the third thing I would say, and I personally believe this third lesson that we learned from Simeon is more important than the first two lessons. It is so, so crucial that we get this, and that is peace comes from focusing on Jesus. And again, we see this in Simeon's life in verse 28. He took Jesus in his arms. He blessed God. Now notice what he says. He said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And so Simeon found peace in his life. He said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Because my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, when he said, My eyes have seen your salvation, what had his eyes seen? Well, his eyes had seen Jesus. And that says to me, Our salvation is in Jesus. Our salvation is in a person. It's not in a church. It's not in good works. Our salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ. And the way to be saved and the way to receive that salvation is to focus on Jesus, to look to Jesus, to look unto Jesus with our eyes of faith and to trust in Him. And if we'll do that, we will have peace in our lives. Again, when I was getting ready for bed last night and I heard that song on the television, and I was just thinking about the sermon today And I was thinking about this third point about peace. This is a tremendous lesson for all of us in life. Peace comes from focusing on Jesus. I just felt last night the Lord impressed on my heart and just said, John, as as clearly as you are able to say it in the morning, stress to the congregation that the only way to have peace in life is by focusing on Jesus. I really think the devil's number one thing that he does in all of our lives is to try to get our focus off of Jesus and onto something else, whether it's ourself or our circumstances. But you talk about a life-changing truth. If you wanna if you want to experience life on a different, higher, and better level it would be by focusing on Jesus. I I look back at my own life and and, and all those years when I doubted my salvation and I wondered, am I truly saved? What what was happening to me during those years? Well, the devil, and I let him do it. I can't blame the devil, but what he was doing, he had my focus off of Jesus and on to me. And I wondered, Lord, am I truly saved? Have I repented enough? Have I believed enough? Have I, am I sincere enough? Did I pray right? And as long as I had my focus on me, I could always find a reason to doubt my salvation because when I look in me, I always find imperfection. And I always find a failure to measure up to some standard that I had created for myself. But when God got the message across to me, John, stop looking at you and look to Jesus. And one night I said to Jesus, Jesus, I trust you. What was I doing? I was taking my focus off of me and putting my focus on to Jesus. And when I started trusting Jesus, my soul, my spirit, my heart went from being restless like this to begin to have peace like a river. Why? Because my faith was now in Jesus. But as long as our faith is in us, we'll never have peace. Think about fear. Why are people afraid? Why does sometimes we all have fears? Because in a given situation, we get our focus off of Jesus. We get our focus on us, on our surroundings, on our situation, on our circumstance, and we become afraid, and we have a panicky thought run through our mind. What is happening in that moment? Our focus is not on Jesus. You see, the devil knows if he can get you to focus on anything other than Jesus, you're in trouble. You'll be fretful, you'll be worried. You remember that story in the Bible where the disciples were out on the Sea of Galilee and a bad storm came up, the wind's blowing, the waves coming into the boat, the rain, thunder, lightning. It's very frightening. And the boat's just rocking back and forth. They thought it might capsize. And they look out and they see somebody coming towards that boat and they thought it was a ghost and they even got more afraid. And Jesus spoke out and said, It is I, don't be afraid, it's me, it's Jesus, he was saying. And Simon Peter looked at him and said, Lord, if it's you... Command me to come to you walking on the water. Prove that it's you by giving me the power to walk on water. And so Jesus said to Peter, come on. Come on out here where I am. And so Peter stepped out of that boat. and He started walking on that water. And he took several steps going to Jesus. And then he had a thought run through his mind, just like sometimes we have thoughts run through our mind. And that thought says, you're not supposed to be walking on water. Human beings can't walk on water. And he thought, you know, that's right, I'm not supposed to, what am I doing? I've never walked on water. Humans can't, well, I'm defying the law of gravity. I can't walk on water. And then he started looking at the storm, and he thought, I'm going to drown out here. And what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to sink. And he went down. And right about the time he was going in, he put up his hand. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and picked him up and saved him. They got in the boat together. But the point is, Peter was doing just fine walking across that water as long as he had his eyes on Jesus. But when he took his eyes off, and that's why I say, and that's why I really felt like God impressed on my heart last night, to say to the people today, to encourage all of us today to keep your focus on Jesus. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, if you focus on anything other than Jesus, you go to the doctor and get a bad report, you start focusing on that bad report, friend, you're going to sink. You go to the doctor, you get a bad report. You start focusing on the fact that God is your healer, that his grace is sufficient, that miracles still take place today, that Jesus hasn't changed. And all of a sudden, you're not going to sink. Your faith's going to get stronger. You're going to be able to keep walking across that storm in your life without going under. Keep your focus on Jesus. What does the old song say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim, the light of his glory and grace. And so it's like Moses, all the problems Moses had, leading those Israelites out of Egypt and towards the promised land. And you think, man, how did he make it? He endured... By seeing him who is invisible. How do you see somebody who's invisible? With eyes of faith. And so we can endure, we can make it in life as long as we have our focus on Jesus. And so you just got to keep your mind. You've got to keep your faith. You've got to keep your focus on Jesus Christ. And if you do that, you'll endure and you'll be just fine. And not only that, look back in verse 29. If you'll keep your focus on Jesus, one day when it's time for you to die, And I hope that's a long way away for all of us. But whenever it's your time to die, you're going to be able to leave this earth with peace. Look again, verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant, now watch this, depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. In other words, Simeon was saying, here I am on my death, when I get to my deathbed, And maybe he was pretty close if he was, you know, as old as some think he was. He knew he didn't have much longer left. Well, he was looking at his own death experience and he was saying, it's okay, I'm departing in peace. I was reading last week about a Presbyterian minister, a wonderful Christian minister and a Christian man who last October went to be with the Lord. And he was in the hospital for the last few days of his life and his family was gathered around. The doctors were being honest and they were explaining to him Uh, they, They said, you don't have very much longer to live. And they said, in fact, you have maybe just a very few days to live. And we just want you to know that you're coming to the end of your life. Now, how would you respond if you were in a hospital bed today and some doctor came in and told you that? You know what this Christian man said, laying there in his bed? He said, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. And a little bit later, after the doctor had left and the family was still in with it, the family was talking and, and just talking. And they said, you know, his wife and his kids, they said, Now, you, you understand that that doctor said you don't have very many days to live. He, they said, Now, you know, they were trying to encourage him. You know, soon you're going to be leaving this earth and soon you're going to go to heaven and soon you're going to be with God. And the last two words recorded that that man ever spoke. He, here's what he said. He said, Let's go. Let's go. What was he saying? He was saying, listen, I'm trusting Jesus. He is my Savior. I can see Him with my eyes of faith. And my faith in Jesus Christ, my lifetime of focusing on Jesus, have allowed me to endure everything I've been through in my life. And now as I contemplate my own mortality and I'm aware that I'm about this close to stepping out into eternity, I have no fear. I have no dread because my faith is in Jesus. I'm focusing on Him. And I am getting ready to depart this world in peace. That Greek word, depart, is an interesting word. It was used lots of different ways in the, in, in the Greek culture. Here, Simeon used it as departing this earth in death. But it was also used of a prisoner. Of a prisoner who had been locked up in prison for a long while. And on the day of his release, when it got time for him to be set free, they used this same Greek word. And they said, today is the day for you to depart. The prisoner is now set free. The word that we find here was also used of a ship that had been anchored to a harbor. And finally, it got time for that ship to sail. And so they would lift the anchor. They would cut the rope. And that ship that had been anchored was now set free to sail. It was also used of a tent. People would live out in tents for temporary periods of time. And after a few days or weeks or maybe months living in a tent, they would take down their tent. And they would would use this same word. And they would say, we're departing from our tent. And we're going to our house. You see, that is the imagery of a Christian's death. What happens when a Christian dies? We are being released from all of our earthly trouble. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Like a ship, we are being set free from the harbor so we can sail right into heaven. And not only that, we're taking down this tent of our earthly body. And when we get to heaven, we're gonna get a new body, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We have a house, a home. At the moment of death, we move out of our tent and we move into our house. We move out of that which is temporary and we move into that which is permanent and eternal. And so Simeon, fully aware of how this word was used, he said, Lord, now you're letting your servant Depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Here's my question today. Have you, with your eyes of faith, ever seen Jesus Christ? You say, yeah, but it was so much easier for Simeon. There he was in the temple. He had Jesus in his hands, and he could see him. He could hold him. He could touch him, and that's true. But remember what Jesus said to Thomas in John chapter 20, when Jesus finally brought Thomas to faith in him. Jesus said, Thomas... You have believed in me because you have seen. And then he said, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. We've not seen Jesus with our physical eyes. But we can see him with our physical eyes of faith if we'll ask him to save us and then if we'll trust him to do it. Amen? With our heads bowed and eyes closed today. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, with your eyes of faith, seen Jesus, looked unto Him, trusted in Him? And if you never have, or if you're not sure that you have, would you just pray this prayer right now? Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me. And I trust you to do it. Now I want you to emphasize that part. I trust you. See that prayer that I just gave you to pray. That's not a magic prayer. You don't have to pray those exact words. It's whether or not you're trusting Jesus. Salvation is in a person. It's not in good deeds or good works. or It's not in a church. or It's not from a pastor. It's not from a priest. No. Salvation is in the person Of Jesus Christ. And if you have asked Him to save you. I'm telling you. If you want to seal your salvation. You have to trust Him. Just say Lord Jesus. I trust you to save me. I trust you Lord. To save me. Lord I don't trust me. I don't trust this prayer. I'm not trusting in some prayer I prayed. I don't trust this moment or this experience. God, I don't trust my repentance. I don't trust my faith. I don't trust my sincerity. I don't trust how much I understand. I don't trust my own good life. Lord, I trust you. God, in this moment, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm looking away from me and I'm looking off and unto you. Because God, in me, there is nothing perfect. In me, there's a constant falling short. But in you, God, there is perfection. In Jesus is everything I've been trying to create in myself. And so today, I transfer my faith to Jesus Christ. Friend, if you'll do that, you'll be saved. Now, you don't have to say everything I just said. You probably I mean, that's a lot. I just said a lot. But all you have to say is, Jesus, I trust you to save I trust you, Jesus. Now, with your head bowed and eyes closed, if you have trusted Him, just thank Him. Say, thank you, Lord, it's done. It's settled. I'm saved. I don't have to accomplish my own salvation. Salvation comes from Jesus Christ. And by trusting in Him, I can endure whatever I face in life. And by trusting in Him, one day I can depart this world in perfect peace. Well, if you not only prayed that prayer today, but if you have trusted Jesus Christ to save you, I want to say to you, congratulations. It says in the Bible that Jesus uh, always saves us when we come to him in faith. And when we trust him to do what we have asked him to do, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That doesn't just mean to believe facts about Jesus in your head. It means that you trust Jesus, you rely on Jesus, you depend on Jesus. He is your only hope for heaven. And I can say this, I trust Jesus with all my heart. He is my only hope for heaven. He has forgiven my sins which are many and he has cleansed my heart he has taken up residence in my soul and one day when my body dies he's going to take me to heaven to be with him forever and if you have trusted him today he's going to do the same for you so congratulations I encourage you if you're not already involved in a church find a good one in your area that teaches the Bible that lifts up Jesus get involved share your decision with a family member with a friend with a pastor tell somebody what God's done in your life and then I would encourage you to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org peacebybelieving.org Our team has worked really hard through the years to try to put together a website that would be user friendly that would be easy to navigate and that would be a blessing to you We have lots of uh, 25 minute podcasts which are archived sermons that you can listen to while you're walking on your treadmill while you're doing an errand You can just listen to those and hopefully they'll encourage you Then we have a lot of booklets on a wide variety of topics that you can read And then I would encourage you to contact us. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great remainder of this day.